Welcome back to Nobody's Muses. This is Rachel and Crystal back at it again. Hello, hello. So we are here to discuss all things Daisy Jones and the Six, um, the Amazon original series, the book, the best-selling novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid, the amazing audiobook. Um, if you are stumbling across us somehow, please check out our past episodes. We broke down every episode of the Amazon original series and talked about it at, um, I'm not going to say at nauseum. I'm going to say at in depth. girl in depth. There we you gave go. In depth we coverage. We dove very, very deep into each episode of the Amazon original series. So we are glad you are back with us again. Um, we, we've gone through all of this, the episodes of the series, and now we're just kind of going back into some things that we wanted to talk more about. So this week, we're going to talk about the non-Daisy Jones music, the non-Six music, the non-Dudden Brothers music um, that they use, because they picked some really great songs to go through each episode, and every episode of the show was called a track and each of the tracks had a real song title to them. So we're going to kind of dive in and talk about those um, today as we chat. So how are you, Crystal? I'm great. You ready great. to dive in? Yes, I am ready to do let's, it. Let's go. I'm going to let you take the lead. We kind of split the episodes up, but yep. I'm going to take you. I'm going to let you take the lead on these first few episodes. And then let's just let's get it on. So the first episode is the title is come and get it now i thought the it was referring to the come and get it by the um, bad finger which is um a band that was on apple records they were the, one of the first bands that you know apple records was owned by the beatles and that's what i thought it was and they had this for song youngins, they it's had, not apple as in no as in iTunes. Right. It was the original <laughs> Apple. If you go out and look, there's a lot of different articles that um, provided kind of a set list. So if you want to get a listen to, uh, there's a really great uh, um, article from Elle magazine that had all the different episodes and the music. They've actually got links to YouTube videos and things like that. If you wanted to maybe hear some of the music, we can't play it because, you know, copyright stuff. But um, there's definitely ways to find any of this music that we're talking about today. So we, we also can't forget that the theme that they used consistently throughout the show was, um, was Dancing Barefoot. Right. That's the title track. So that, that's the title song that they use every week under the collage of photos. Um, and we've talked about that one in past episodes and kind of dove into the lyrics and the meaning behind that one. So we don't want to spend too much time on that one. But yeah, episode one or track one. Um, did have some really great songs throughout the entire episode itself, not just um, yeah, it not had, just. I thought they did a really good job, and we've talked about it before of not just using the typical um, same, you know, um, <laughs> Forrest Gump soundtrack for yeah. this. You know, there was, I mean, they use a bird song, but it's not, you know, Mr. Tambourine Man, um, right or um, turn, you know, everything there's, you know, it's not that it's, it's a, a more deep, deeper cut of, um, of the birds. It's going back. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that is true that they, they use some familiar bands, but not necessarily, they use some deeper cuts from them because they did use, you know, um, the birds, they use the animals, they use Jefferson airplane. 
um, T-Rex, but they yeah. went and found some, you know, some different songs. And I mean, I think there's two big tracks that are important that they use. Of course, they, they then they, they do the birds version of Going Back, and then they play the, then later there's a conversation with Simone, and they're talking about, they're hearing the carol the Carol King version of Going Back, and they're talking about that. And then there is a little bit of, um, a little bit they play, a little bit of um, different drum, which is um, with the Stone Ponies, which that is um, Linda Ronstadt's first band, and then later those guys become the Eagles. Um, and um, I think what's important about, I think having Carol King, having... Linda Rodstadt, and they close out with Carol King and the um, I Feel the Earth Move, because um, this is you know Carol King's story, in, is about um, her finding her voice and deciding to be to sing as a solo art as an artist and not just be a songwriter, like to put herself out there. That's what Tapestry is all about, you know, because she sang with Goffin and King with her husband, and she wrote some of the you know some of the songs that we all love you know the locomotion to up on you know just great um great songs that she wrote for I, I you make me feel like a natural woman those are all her and Goff, those are Goffin King so I think it's important that there's like a parallel of what these songs are doing and then what the date what they want Daisy Jones to be doing too I think um the songs maybe are not quite as um linked to what the Dunn brothers are going through but um I think definitely they're 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 showing this progress for her in episode one and then I'm just going to go to episode two unless you had anything else you wanted to so episode two is um I'll take you there and that's the um staples singers and um if you really listen to the lyrics to that song and I think I even mentioned it um in the in the when we talked about the episode it is about I mean there's a great it sounds like this happy song but it's 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 not (laughs) you know it's it's I know a place ain't you know um ain't no smiling faces lying to the races so um and it's it's a song that was written um by a person I can't remember his name but he worked at Stax records and he wrote that song when he was in a bad place after losing yet another um person in his community so um isn't it interesting how uh, and i know that we can still say that there's some music that's done like this it's like at first listen or at first you know here first listen of like the music and the tempo and stuff you don't realize that it's not that it's a, a way more a way deeper song than what that first, right. you know, listen of music, the melody of it tells you when you go back and really dive deeply into lyrics, you find a very different story. And I think we, we heard that a lot from music in that time period. Um, yeah. Because I mean, maybe we were trying not, people were trying to still sell records, but they did have something to say about the things that were going on in our country at that time, but we're trying to find a way to deliver it. Um, to maybe be able to kind of slide a little bit under the rainbow radar initially. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you listen to Marvin Gaye, you know, you know, you know, that song, um, what's going on. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of happy, not happy, but it's, you know, it's, it's more than just, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I yeah, think it's th- a I nice mean, there's... tune that catches people's attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mean, I think I... there's several of them. A nice tune that catches people's attention, and if they give it a second listen and they give it a, a real listen, then they see that there's always a there at that time period. There's always a, there was tended to be a deeper message in a lot of the songs that artists were releasing at that time because of the climate of our country at that time. Well, and I think there was still this kind of young, you know, there was this youth movement that thought maybe music could change things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we don't really think that anymore. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. That it, it could change us individually. Yeah. But maybe not the world as a whole. Right. But, you know, I, when you're that age, you're idealistic and you hope it is. And, I, I mean, you could look back at lots of songs that people obviously aren't listening to the real lyrics or they wouldn't have, you know, Every Breath You Take played at their wedding. They wouldn't have that or song. Or they wouldn't be playing Rage Against the Machine. and yeah, certain... Or they wouldn't play There She Goes by the Laws because that's about drugs. Or or they wouldn't have, they wouldn't vote, um, I'm, you know, <laughs> Never Let Me Down as their their uh, their senior song by Depeche Mode. <laughs> That was a stab. I think that I take that as a personal stab. <laughs> so I mean, or I mean, or people probably wouldn't play "Ward in the USA" on on July Fourth if they really listen to the lyrics. If they really listen to the lyrics. So I yeah. mean, I think that that's just a part of the nature of it. But I'll take you there. Is well, I I I I have a great love for the Staples Singers, and I think that song is. Um, I mean, Mavis Staples is just what a vocalist and still still going strong i saw her well it was it's longer it's a long time ago actually it was like seven or eight years ago but i saw her live she was amazing um so and i don't know i'll take you there because this uh, this seat this seat um this episode is kind of a weird bridge episode as we're building up to three which is you know really killer episode um <clears throat> but you know, a couple of other fun things is um, they do a song, um, oh, and this one has a lot more of the the Dunn Brothers singing and um, things like that. So it's not quite as much of the of <clears throat> other songs in it. Um, there's not as many like needle drops as there was in episode one, but um, she does. Um, there is a little part where um at the end <clears throat> which becomes important later is the there's the Todd Rundgren song I saw the light is being played at Camilla and Billy's wedding and um I think that that's important because that becomes a title song um two episodes from now so mm-hmm. um yeah so that's all yeah, I that got for that, that one. one. Like you said, it had more, it had more of kind of Dunn Brothers music. We did hear Simone do a cover. Oh yeah. So we heard Simone do the cover of a song for you, which she did an a remarkable job. Um, and that was really the only cover that we saw any of the um, artists within the show do. Which, but she did a great song. She which did a, a song for you? One. I mean. Mm. Yeah. I know it's a great song. You can't really go wrong with it. Yeah. Unless she just, you know, really suck as a singer, but yeah, she did not. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, see in episode three um, is someone saved my life tonight. And we talked a little bit about this in the episode. Um, when we discussed the episode, that is a song by Elton John written by Bernie Toppin. 
Um, it's um, very important in the sense of this was written at a time whenever Elton John was going through a major crisis in his life and Bernie helped him and they wrote this song together because like it was about that situation so um, and then I think um, a lot of the songs in this one are much more just um, diegetic music not needle drops it's just stuff that you're hearing in the background and we talked about some of those in the um in the episode and what's a lot of interesting things about this the way this the music was done on this is that background music was also kind of deep cuts probably a lot of it in some ways just to save money because like music um, licensing is so expensive and it's Mm -hmm. a reason why a lot of tv shows that you love or you can't get them on streaming is because of the um, the music problem. So yes. I think they did a good job of kind of finding some deep cuts to get that through. I mean, they do have um, Will It Go Around in Circles, the Billy Preston song, um, which I feel like that was a little on the nose in the, as far as the, um, what was going on in um, in Billy's life there. It was mm-hmm. just a little bit um, on the nose, but still really good. And um and then um, there's I, I'm a huge Tammy Wynette song. Was not familiar with One Happy Christmas, and that's going to be added to my Christmas list from now on. So, and then we get probably the thing, you know, and this is, of course, the episode where they record Look at Us Now. So they're building us up to that. So, and then the next one is, the, is titled I Saw the Light. So it was in... Camilla and Billy's wedding and now it's the title track of this song and if you look at the lyrics of this song it's um, kind of about a person who's alone and then they you know they find somebody and it's interesting in the sense of the title for this song because we have the person that Billy is finding in this episode is Daisy. He's already found Mm -hmm. Camila. You know, it says in the the lyrics, um, but my feelings for you were something I never knew till I saw the light in your eyes. In your eyes. So, I think that's a really pretty interesting choice, deep choice for them to do that. And um, I think, I mean, Todd Rundgren is a person that I feel like his music really defines the 70s i mean hello it's me i mean come on yeah um it's um very personal it's very um there he's revealing a lot about himself and you kind of feel like you know this person and you care about him i feel like that's what todd rundgren really brings as and i think um i'm not familiar with this song but i think it's a um a good indication of the feeling that is happening in this episode and um then also they use satellite of love by lou reed i think that's fairly interesting there's just a lot of good um entrance a lot of kind of cool cuts in this um episode um there's um i come on uh sweet emotion by aerosmith um, and that's when that's when Simone is leaving, um, mm-hmm. and I mean for me that will always to me when I hear "Sweet Emotion" I always think of the open to "Dazed and Confused." Yes. So, which is not what um, 
Richard Linklater wanted to use, he wanted to actually use Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin, but couldn't get the rights to it. Couldn't get the rights for it. And boy, yeah. was he bitter about that. There's some great interviews that came out right whenever Dazed and Confused came out about his bitterness <laughs> about that. Of not being able to score that one. Yes. And, um, yeah, and it's a, um, and then at the end, probably one of the, one, probably a real highlight to me of the whole um, show is they do a cover of Ooh La La by The Faces. Yeah. Which um, I'm a big fan of The Faces. They were originally the small faces because they were all little guys. And it was um, Steve Marriott. Um, he also he went on to do Humble Pie. It's, um, I believe, Ronnie Wood was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, just a fun a fun band british band now, was rod and stewart in that band or did he do his just his own cover of it i believe i know he did a cover i believe rod Ooh-la-la. stewart was in it when they became the, when they were the faces yes okay that's what i thought that's what i thought because i always and i guess it's just because of his voice i always attributed that song to him yes but yeah i think he was in the band at the time and then when he went solo he re-released it um as a track on one of his solo albums, but I love that song. And yes. I think for me, that song is really, really special at that point in time in the show, because that was almost like when they became a band. Yeah. Oh, I do love that song. Yeah. Well, it's just a great song anyway. And it's kind of, I mean, it's just, you know, for those of us that are, I don't know, that one's always in like an emotional song for me, even though, you know, I don't know. It's just always invoked emotions in me whenever I hear that song. But where they tied it into this episode, I thought, again, was just really, really good because it felt like that was the moment when they became Daisy Jones and the Six. Like, because if we know they recorded, they recorded Look at Us Now as just a single to go on the album. There was no intent to like, it was still the album was released. It was, you know, um, the six. it was just the six. You know, and that was just a song on there featuring this potentially up and coming artist. But that scene at that party where not only Camilla welcomed her into the home, um, but they had this opportunity to just kind of gather together impromptu and sing. And each of them kind of joined in. That to me was like the making of that was the actual moment where it became Daisy Jones and the Six. So that to me is a is a really, really good um, episode okay so now going into episode five the title track for that episode was fire i thought it was the ohio player 1975 fire do you agree with that or am i or am i wrong well i can't think of what else it would be right because I, I don't did like think a double check i researched like song titles <laughs> that are fire i don't like, think it's um i don't think it's the um it was covered. It was done by the Pointer Sisters, the Romeo and Juliet, Samson that, and Delilah. Who originally wrote that song? I think it might. I this. We might cut this out, but I believe it's Bruce Springsteen. It was recorded by him in '77. That was in '77. So, I don't not, know. So I, I mean, think it was the Ohio Player one. Well, okay, but I don't know. Because the, the 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 kicker line is, and when we kiss, ooh, fire. <gasps> okay, let's go back. We're going to cut all this out. 
No, I think it's fine to leave the debate in. <laughs> the debate? It is. Okay, so okay, I you have a point. I, yeah. Because you're right. When you think of the lyrics, um, yeah, it could very well have been that one. So I don't know. It's either it's either the Ohio players or it's the Bruce Springsteen. I think it's I'm going to vote for Bruce Springsteen. And if um, people want to comment, this is a this is an opportunity for you to correct us. I would you love can to correct hear, whatever I got wrong about the faces and the small faces, and you can correct us about. Uh, we are this. not above correction. No, we, we are not. Take it personally if we fucked up. No. <laughs> Because as much as I can search the internet, I still miss stuff. So There you go. So this episode was their recording process, right? And, and learning how to write together. And so there were some great songs in this one. Um, this was one of those that had a cold open. And they used Love is a Drug by Roxy Music, which, you know, I, I will. I think the older I get, the more I fall in love with Roxy Music. Um, did not give them enough attention when I was in my teens. Um, because I, yeah, I love me some Roxy music. They had Ico Ico by the Dixie Cubs, which is kind of one of those cute little popsy songs of the sixties. I always think of. You had, you know, it had its resurgence and, um, cause it was in the Rain Man soundtrack. That's true. Yeah. You're right. That's true. Yeah. That's how I um, One it. thing I think we should point out at the, stop down and point out, we probably should have done this at the beginning of the episode, but that's fine. We're not professionals at this, but I think w- something that we cannot ignore as we're going through this is who, who was the musical supervisor for this show? And it was a woman by the name of Frankie Pine. And she has worked on some things that you and I have loved. She was on, she worked as a musical supervisor on Nashville, which, you yes. know, I know that you and Connie right. Brighton, like that's, Connie Britton is I think my that's your girl. girl crush probably. I would like to have her hair. Yes. No. She worked on um, Ocean's Eleven. She worked on the first Magic Mike. Um, she did the um, soundtrack, which I haven't seen this yet. And I feel like I'm a bad Gen Xer. I have not seen the new Are You There? God, It's Me, Margaret. Me neither. Um, but she did the music on our, she was a musical supervisor for there. Um, you know, so she has done a lot of television. Um, she was also on, on the musical supervisor for the flight attendant, which did oh, you I love that with Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. So she's yes. done a lot of really impressive things with music. And if you think about these shows, I mean, if you think about even, you know, Nashville, if you think about, um, uh, you know, some of these other shows, the music has been integral in those shows. Um, so she's done, so she, you know, to, to have her on, um, to have her on Daisy Jones and the Six, I think was a great thing for them because I think they got somebody really committed to finding the right music. She did some Lucky Betty or Ugly Betty episodes. So she's done... The Ocean's Eleven, the Ocean's Twelve. She's done a lot of stuff. Um, so I'm sorry, I digress. But I think that that's worth uh, mentioning is that she does have some experience there. But um, yeah, episode six was some really good stuff. But we spent a lot of time um, on Let Me Down Easy because that was the song that they were writing throughout this process. That they were writing throughout this process. And don't you ever like, I'm trying to like... I have these moments where I'm like listening to the music because I do listen to the soundtrack all the time. And I'm thinking, you know, you start thinking about the writing process and then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. 
Billy and Daisy didn't write these songs. I know. Billy it's and Daisy so aren't real. Hard. It's so hard you, to separate it for me. Psycho. Billy and Daisy are not real. They Billy are and not Daisy real did not people. sit in a room and write these songs. But that's how good of a job they did. Yes. Yes. And I know Emmy voting was this week. Or was I don't know if it was opening up or it was closing, mm-hmm. but I, I saw lots of things on social. I've been seeing a lot of for your considerations posts. Yes. So please, you know, please consider voting. And I hope that the those with the Emmy, the power to vote in the Emmy um, gave some love to Daisy Jones and the Six because they deserve it. Um, well, and this six, one, wait, oh, like let's like let's stay on this for just a little bit more okay. because this episode is so much about them sharing music with each other. Yeah, there. So like his first album he bought, song he bought was "How Much Is a Spot Doggy in the Window." But the song that really made him who he is is the Beach Boys "In My Room." And, and, I, and then, I'm glad you stopped us to have us go back to that because that is such a beautiful song. Yes. Like I love, I know, I know everybody thinks of the Beach Boys is the kind of cutesy surf music, but they had some really amazing non-surfy pop stuff. I mean, well, non-poppy sounding I mean, stuff. they're either the people who only know them for that or it's the people who are super obsessed with Brian Wilson and like, yes. well, you know, got your smile, you know, <laughs> that group. But there's some really just like some, no. some, there's some, there is better Beatle, or there's better Beach Boys music out there than Surfing USA. There's so yes. much better stuff from the Beach Boys than the surf music. Even I mean, though good that's, vibrations. Good vibrations. That's really what catapulted amazing. them. But I, um, I mean, God only knows where I'd be without you. Is that just, song. I mean, I don't know what you can say about that. But okay. in my room, I think also is such a perfect. There's certain songs like I think that really tapped into what it's like to be a teenager, especially a teenager in the '60s. I think this song really taps into that. I think. Um, one of my favorite songs, um, Up on the Roof, really t- taps into that kind of, you know, I uh, wanting to escape, be somewhere else. And some of that for some people was because they're, you know, oppressed. But as a teenager, you feel oppressed. And so you right. can really relate to it. Yes. Um, um, I think it's still, you know, they're trading these songs. They do um, the Cornelius Brothers, um, Too Late to Turn Back Now, which I, I mean, the Cornelius Brothers are just... So they have so many good songs. And then, um, and then of course, there's the big I Write the Songs, the Barry Manilow thing that um, comes whenever Graham and Karen start getting hot and heavy. And then at the end, they close out. And this, I was watching this episode with my husband, and the song After Eight came out by the band New! Exclamation point. I've never heard of them. Of course, he had because that's oh, yeah, the kind that's of him. person. My, he's like, oh, why are they playing new? And they're a German Krautrock band from the seventies. So Krautrock, um, Krautrock, because they're German Kraut, like sauerkraut, Krautrock. like the Krauts, you know. So, um, so I mean, of course, he knew him, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't know the significance of why they chose that, and if someone wants to chime in on that, love to know. I'm sure Frankie know. Pine could tell us. Yeah. <laughs> if she happened to catch our podcast, yeah. wherever yeah. she likes to listen to her favorite I mean, podcast. I mean, what a cool gig. I mean, you know who is, you, if you all, if you watch Ted Lasso, do you know who the um, music supervisor is for Ted Lasso? Is it Marcus Mumford? No. No, because I mean, I know he's written a bunch of stuff and they use a lot of his stuff. No, it's Krista Miller. Krista Miller um, 
wife of Bill Lawrence. She was on Scrubs. She played um, she played the mean doctor's wife, oh, and yeah. she was on Drew Carey. What a gig. Yeah, and she's also on Shrinking, and if you haven't watched Shrinking, you should watch it. I'll give you that. I know, everyone you keep telling that me that, and I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, but she, yeah, she's a music super, she is a fascinating person, um, just loves music, still goes to see live music all the time, and um, her their daughter is actually a musician, but um, yeah, so another cool little cool tidbit. Gig. Yeah. Did not know that. I, I guess know. our other favorite music supervisor is Chris Doritas, right? <laughs> right? He was my all-around favorite for a long time. Deep cuts. Anything cut. he did. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Okay. Deep cuts in the life of Rachel. Um, episode <laughs> six um, is a great title, Whatever Gets You Through the Night, the 1974 um, John Lennon and – is this John Lennon and the – It's Elton John. Huh? It's John John Lennon, Elton John, um, and it, they like made the a bit. Was it like the Yoko Ono experience? Wasn't that in the name of it or something like that? I can't remember. Um, I thought I looked it up, but anyway, it's in 1974. Yes, it's John Lennon with the Plastic Ono Nuclear Band. That's what I was trying to think of with Plastic Ono Nuclear Band. Yeah, so but, that I mean, was, the main the main thing is it's with Elton John. Yeah, 1974, um, which lines up timeline wise pretty good with this episode. So this is them finishing up the recording of um, Aurora. Um, you see kind of the, the build of Billy and, um, Daisy's relationship. So we have songs like Come On, Come Over by, um, Jocko Pastorius. Um, did I say that right? And then, um, we have, um, some music from Hot Chocolate in here, which, you know, you can't go wrong with music from Hot Chocolate. Um, (laughs) So, Which I thought it was the other whatever. I thought it was a different hot chocolate song. Yeah. But it was yeah. But yeah, so this one again it had some really, you know, we we hear a lot of, you know, Daisy Jones stuff, but we still get some really great stuff from um you know, there's even like I don't remember hearing music at this point, but like when Camilla's in the dark room, you have Barbara Blues um you know, this quick 10 seconds of quicksand by the pates. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, little um, snippets that they use that I'm, we're probably not even getting all of them in because they were literally using like 10, 20 second clips of songs to be able to kind of move the story along. So they kind of sneak them in there as just kind of background, but they're in there and they're chosen they're chosen for a very specific reason, I'm sure. Well, and then they close out with one of the greatest songs ever, um, Crazy on You by Heart. And we know where she is. She, I mean, Daisy is going crazy. Yeah. This is where she takes off and goes to Greece. Yeah. So, and... Um, I mean, so- and come on. I mean, just that, that guitar riff at the beginning of Crazy on You and just... Um, also, just, you know, I think... Any, any heart. heart song. I'm just. <laughs> I mean, women, band, like, like any guitar riff from Heart. I'm going yeah. to listen. Yes. And, At eleven. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I would say like Heart is important in the sense also of um, they're a band that went through a lot of turmoil. 
in the same way as Fleetwood Mac in the sense of people sleeping with each other, uh, you know, things like that. They're another good example of, you know, don't shit where you eat kind of thing. Yeah. You know, because a lot of... And I didn't lot know there was a story stuff. about, like, Ann Wilson's, was it a boyfriend or a husband who attacked Nancy's, or was it... Yes, so... Ann Ann Wilson had a boyfriend or a husband who attacked Nancy's son, and they like didn't speak for so so Ann Wilson's husband. They were like on a tour, and Mm -hmm. uh, Nancy's son was like seventeen. This the twin, one of the twins that she had with Cameron Crowe. they got into it and he like they got into a physical altercation i don't really i think it was much more because he was a minor it was like he was attacked but sounds more like it was like a physical altercation Mm -hmm. and he was drunk i think from the different varying stories but i don't know if they if they still are speaking ann wilson tours um she tours as a solo it says ann wilson hart right but I don't know if they've reconciled. I can't. I, I I look at this into this every once in a while because this is one of the few. Like I'm interested to find out what's right. going on there. The resolution on that one. Yeah. And that was so, yeah. That, that was several years ago. I know. And it's probably like five beef, or six years all. ago. Yeah. I, know. I mean, so, look. Um, just like just turning it back to this. Just like um, Graham and Billy having a band with your brother or sister is hard just look at oasis look at the the black crows look at you know the fogarty's you know like you know clear credence clear water well, and that's, water, not, even, and that's like those, not even getting like those are like sibling relationships now like fleetwood mac these intimate relationships these yes. marriages and trying to tour um, mm-hmm. with your spouse. I mean. With lots of cocaine. That's a lot. I like my husband. But do I want to be with him 24-7 for eight, nine months out of the year? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. I'll say. I think. And he doesn't want to be with me 24-7. Oh, yeah. I if think it's band, also. We'd have but to have I do two think... separate buses because I would need some space to myself, people. I do think sibling relationships especially. It's really hard and yeah. like I, and i would say in the book at the end graham really lets that out like graham is much more um angry with billy about kind of being sidelined not just like because of music and stuff like you know yeah we see a little bit deeper so um track seven has one of my all-time favorite songs is the title and that is um she's gone by hollow notes which i just hollow notes is i feel like very underrated for their talent i mean people um, do not appreciate i mean that's one of those bands like if you start talking to somebody and you start mention, they're like oh yeah i know that song oh yeah that's a great song yeah. i'm like you need to give them more respect well and also they spanned a great um a long time like they yeah. they go in the 70s all the way into the 80s and they left on their own terms they kind of were like they were like you know number one album and they were in a video and they were recording it and they were like we don't want to do this anymore <laughs> like yeah. they basically were like we can't we don't want to do this and to i be mean, in a position that's that you don't have to if you don't want to and i mean we know that they each do stuff still and occasionally they'll do stuff together but it's not i saw him, I saw him about i don't know eight years ago 
and I mean they still sound great and I mean if you ever watch um it was a big thing like seven eight years ago live from Daryl's house his yes um, that's the one I'm thinking about it's amazing all kinds of people playing that playing with him it's so good I mean I would say the um yeah fits in the tantrums they're um they did a really cool um some really cool um covers with them I mean it's really yeah and I just love that song I had a Hollinitz concert t-shirt and I didn't get to go to the show, but one of my friends went and it's back in the day, you know, and I was like, buy me a t-shirt, here's some cash. And, you know, I think I gave her 20 bucks and I, I wore the shit out of that shirt, even <laughs> though I never went to the show. I wore the crap out of that shirt, man. That was okay. the shirt I wore all I the time. I feel like, I okay. feel like for this episode, we need to learn another language. There's so many songs, um, like French songs and. <laughs> Italian well, you know, songs. We're, tra- we're traveling. This is Daisy in Greece, which I got to say, this is not one of my favorite episodes of the 10 episodes. This was probably, even though I love the title of this track, it's probably, I don't know. I don't know that it's, I'm just all in it for the chemistry between Daisy and Billy. So this was like, it was a good episode and we needed to see the story, but it wasn't my favorite episode. Well, I mean, I feel like we, they were giving us what we needed to, you know, this is like filling us up filling us in on where Simone was sure and I do think it is a strong I like um I'm very interested in um especially stories about female friendship and the 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 friendship of Simone and then the um the the falling out of that relationship with Simone and Daisy I think is is really well done yes and um and how friendships can get really broken. And it's usually a piling on of things over years. Right. And um, so I it thought that. Addressed. Yeah. So, yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was a necessary episode. Not, you know, because we did see, you know, we built up to this whole Nikki and her relationship as well. Um, and what that was going to ultimately continue to do when she came back to the band. Um, but yeah, the, the evolution, and I, th- I guess maybe, I, I, f- I don't, I don't know if they could have given equal footing to these two storylines. I don't know. I feel like they get, maybe gave a little more f- to the Nikki and that relationship. And maybe that's why I was a little, cause I just hated Nikki. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it was necessary because we still, yeah, we needed to know, I feel like the big thing we, we needed to know how bad things were for Daisy. Daisy had to lose Simone for her to hit bottom. Very true. You know. Because she always kind of acted like she was out there on her own, own and she really wasn't. She had Simone the whole time. She just mm-hmm. didn't pay attention to it very well. Yeah. So we move into episode eight. Episode 8, Daisy is coming back. Um, They are getting ready to tour. There's some very tense scenes. The title of this album is appropriately titled Looks Like We Made It because they're getting ready to go on tour, the Barry Manilow tune. It's also kind of a funny, um, you know, kind of nod. nod. There you go. A nod to some previous conversations of of, uh, Barry Manilow's music. Um, so there's some nods back to that, a nod back to those previous conversations, but I think it's an appropriate song, um, for them getting ready to go on tour. 
Do you um, remember Night Court and how? Did you watch Night Court? Yeah, with Harry and how, Anderson. Yeah, and how he was always like dogging on um, Barry Manilow. I don't remember that. Yeah, that was he was that Barry Manilow was like the the butt the butt punchline the punchline of a lot of 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 Night Court. <laughs> so well, I, I think always a lot think of people of make Barry Manilow the butt of uh, a which, lot of jokes, kind of like Neil Diamond too. Which, I which mean, they shouldn't because. Barry Manilow Very wrote a lot individual. of good songs. Huh? Barry Manilow write, wrote a lot of good songs. Well, yeah, and he just wrote some songs that are just fun songs, you know? I mean, and Neil Diamond just straight up wrote great songs. I mean, yeah. he wrote I'm a Believer, a Hello, that's one of my favorite songs. Hello. So. Crackling but, yeah. Rose. I think I think both he and Barry, uh, Barry Manilow and, and um, Neil Diamond don't get the respect that they deserve because I think everybody just automatically thinks of them as, like, your grandma's well, pop. It goes to a thing I think we've talked about before. Um, if women like it, it can't possibly yeah, be good. We have to dog it's on cheesy. it. Yeah. Right. We have to dog on it. So look like we made it. Um, they're getting ready to, you know, head out on tour. And we've got some great songs in here. We've got Ballroom Blitz, which is a wonderfully chaotic song. Um, you know, we've got... Um, Boston's More Than a Feeling. <sighs> Boston's more than a feeling, which I, I mean, and like, you can't get more seventies than that. You can't get more seventies corporate rock than that. Like, but you I know, loved it. I loved yes. It. And yes. I think part of that was, you know, having an older, my oldest sibling, um, you know, and the, uh, the, um, what were the, 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 um, 12, eight tracks for a dollar or a penny. Columbia. Columbia, you know, um, my sister or a boyfriend would have Columbia memberships. Mm -hmm. And so there were just all these great, I mean, like if you, if like sticks, I mean, I just loved all of them, like sticks and Boston and Ario Speedwagon and Super Tramp, just all of those songs. I'm just like, they're just. They're just happy songs to me. I, I feel like, yeah, we benefited from having older siblings we who had boyfriends. Yes. Because, I mean, did. my sister did not have necessarily good taste in music, but she had some boyfriends with good taste in music. <laughs> well, and, you know, we have a mutual friend who, she had an older sister, and this older sister's boyfriend um, literally made our friend and myself a list of, like, all of the English punk like, we were like, we want to get into this music. We I can remember us having a conversation with him. We want to get into this music. Like, we want to be listening to punk. We want to be listening to new wave. We want to be listening to English music. And he made us, like, this entire list. And we both kept a dot matrix printout of this list. And, like, one of us would buy a cassette and we'd check it off. And well, one of us would buy another cassette. Or we'd buy, it, or we'd buy a 45 or we'd buy a kiss. I mean, it was just. You could find that list. Oh my God, that list. I sw- the the mutual friend. She may very well still have a copy of it. it um, it's so funny to think about um, that too, because, like, to to become an interested in something when you were our age was so much harder because you couldn't just go online and see it, like. You know, you couldn't just find it. Like, you had to go search it out. And and for me, I didn't have cable because we lived in the middle of the boonies. Right. So if I wanted to see something, I had to go to a friend's house 
and watch cable and watch MTV at their house. I couldn't even watch MTV at my house. So like my friends, when they would invite me over, I would literally want to go to their house and do nothing but watch MTV. I didn't want to play. I didn't want well, to go ride bikes. I wanted to watch MTV and I wanted to make a list. Like write a notes, write notes. I got to make note. I got to make a list of music. Well, I mean, like was... even like old movies, like because here in Dallas, Dallas Fort Worth area, there was independent um, TV stations that showed old movies. Mm-hmm. Um, where I lived, you know, in Missouri and Illinois, there was the three networks and PBS. Like, that was it. There was no channels that, independent channels showing old movies that. And when we moved here and I finally got to see, like, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movies, like, or old, like, the old, like, kung fu movies and stuff like that, I I mean, I was so thrilled. But, because that was just, you didn't get, you know, we didn't have that. Yeah. I didn't so. know that. Kids are so lucky, kids these days. Kids are so lucky these days. Get off days. my lawn. That's like when, when my own kids ask me a question, I'm like, you have a phone in front of you. Google it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, just Google it. But yeah, I can remember just like pouring over it. But anyways, we got totally off topic. Yeah. But this episode had some really, you know, good music. Um you know, again, some of these quick little like 15 second snips of music that they used throughout this episode to kind of move the story along. There's some cool in the gang in there. There's mm-hmm. some Parliament, Funkadelic, Give Up the Funk. There's um, Hollywood Swingin', Cool in the Gang. Um, then there's some stuff that I just never heard of. Um, there's something by The Jam, which is, um, it's in the city and, you know, The Jam are kind of proto early punk kind of almost band and that's whenever they're just like so drugged out like yeah and then she's ODing and it's um in the background is the Bellamy Brothers Let Your Love Flow what a weird ass choice that song was so perfect I think perfection Frankie Pine genius I mean it is because again you go back to these songs and you're hearing all these things of you know You've got Bowie and you've got, you know, John Lennon and you've got, you know, Aerosmith. And then we're going to throw in this kind of long haired, pretty like, country were music. Kinda, were they kind of considered part of the outlaw country group? Or like... No, I don't think they were part of out. They weren't part of outlaw country, but they were part. They were kind of that on that cusp. When you think about like when you think about um, the Bellamy Brothers, I kind of like they're kind of that kind of pop country where you've got like the little river band and you've got like um, pure Prairie league, Vince Gill's band. I kind of, I kind of put the Bellamy brothers in that ilk. Okay. Even of, like some of the, like, like Alabama, England Dan, England Dan and John Ford Coley. <laughs> like, wow. You know, was, kind of some of that, oh. but, um, but yeah, let your love flow. At that point in Such which she is OD. Well, it's also kind of what FM, like it's kind of like radio was weird back mm-hmm. then. Yep. Like radio was much more, um, you would hear back in the day, especially like on AM radio, you would hear Motown and then you would hear um, Loretta Lynn. And like you would hear a lot, maybe not so much Loretta Lynn, but you would hear a bigger mix of music. You would definitely hear like a Motown mixed with rock, 
you know, and pop. Like, where then once FM happened and you had album rock and it was much more tailored to certain people's tastes. Right. 70s music that we haven't really, like, weren't a part of this, but, like, you think of, like, like old Chicago and yes. um, what's the Brandy? That song, Brandy. Looking Glass. Um, that, you know, they had all these great horns. I was like, well, did you? They didn't, I'm, use, the they didn't best, them in the show, but they're still great 70s music. The, um, you know, we benefit over in Dallas because we have Mesquite School Radio, the Mesquite yes. High School. And, you know, for the longest time, it was just 70s. They've expanded their um, playlist now, but it used to be just 70s hits. And so you would hear stuff that you just didn't hear anywhere else. Like you'd hear Brandy, you'd hear um, what we call, what we term yacht rock now, like some Christopher yes. Cross, some, you know, a lot of Doobie Brothers. Um, oh, I love the Doobie Brothers too. <laughs> I love the Doobie Brothers. What the fool believes, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love the Doobie Brothers. But again, I think part of this is that we benefited from the fact that we had older, an older sister um, yeah. older siblings that um either um ha- that at some point in time had boyfriends that are good musical taste. so this closed out episode we close out episode eight with the bellamy brothers yes. so and we know daisy is in the shower her life is unconscious out of billy her. <laughs> is in there slapping her face and she wakes up and so we open episode nine, which is feels like the first time, which is a great foreigner single that was released in 1976. And we, but we wake up um, or we start the episode and Daisy is waking up in bed and we hear very um, appropriately Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac. I mean, best and, needle um, drop of the whole show. Yeah. I mean, you like... And I think they had to be really judicious about whether they were going to use any Fleetwood Mac just because of all the comparisons oh, of this definitely. story. And so I feel like it's the most appropriate, and but also best, and it's it's smart. Yeah, it know. was the best song. Because if you went in there and tried to use something like Go Your Own Way or Silver Springs, that's just too obvious. Right. But for this purpose, picking Goldust Woman in particular, um, and knowing what date what Stevie has talked about, after the fact with this song and knowing where she was at the time that she, you know, was writing this music, um, I think is just really, it was a very, very smart choice. Um, still kind of tipping that, tipping, you know, their hat to Fleetwood Mac and knowing that a lot of what Taylor Jenkins Reed wrote was kind of loosely based on her interpretation of some, some of the relationships in that band. But, um, yeah, that was a, a really good choice um, to start out that show. So this this episode has some songs that I didn't know, was not familiar with. Um, a song called Call Me Brother by Kubla Khan. John Kale, who was from Velvet Underground. Thank you, Crystal, for that research. Released a song called Barracuda. We did have Earth, Wind, and Fire in here doing Shiny Star. And then one that you mentioned as we were recording the show that that your husband actually knew and that was television um see no evil i don't know there's also a song by roz ryan not sure who roz ryan is you know so we are we are on episode nine we know that we're coming near the end but you know this is you know daisy's trying to kind of uh 
negotiate manager sobriety. This is the episode where they shot the SNL appearance. This is where they go home to Pittsburgh and kind of make a triumphant return. Um, you know, so we're getting, we're, we're back, we're crescendoing up again, um, with the show because we're about to have our hearts ripped out in the final episode. So we do move into the final episode. The final episode doesn't really have a whole lot of extra music because it is so heavily the concert, their final concert at in Chicago at Soldier Field. Um, when they woke up that morning, they didn't know it was going to be the final concert, but it was the final concert for Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, the title of the episode is called Rock and Roll Suicide. Incredibly important. I think a good choice there. David Bowie from 1972. Um so again, we have a lot of the Aurora album being played and they did such a great job of kind of going, um, you know, back and forth on the same day, back and forth in time. And I think, I know I've said this before, but there were parts of the album that initially I was unhappy with because they had made some significant changes from the lyrics that Taylor Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins Reed wrote in the book. Um, but this final episode made me love them and made me okay with the decisions that Blake Mills and the other songwriters made. Um, and we also saw songs take on a completely new meaning songs from the six that took on a new meaning in this final episode. So I, I, I became, I, I came to a point of acceptance on the final episode with some of the choices that they made for the original music. Um, and then, and then the closing song. Oh my gosh, that closing song. I don't know why I love that song so much. It's a great song. Um, I just like, It's one again, of those, honestly, go, I kind of forgot about it until this. And I was like, oh man, yes, that is, that is a great song. It's again, like they have, su- the, the Rolling Stones have such a huge catalog of music that you do get in those situations where you forget about stuff from the past. Um, And you think, I mean, unless you're diligently listening to it all the time, like obsessively listening to it, like, you know, I can like, like U2 for me is, you know, like there's no way I'm going to ever forget, you know, a U2 song or there's no way I'm ever going to forget an REM song because I just listen to those continuously anyway. But for me, not listening to Rolling Stones as much as I probably should be listening to them. I forget about this song, but I freaking love this song so much. Well, and, and they're another band. That's another band. Like that song is not. It's not like you're hearing that, you know, on classic rock radio. Right. Every, you know, that's you know, that's whenever you go put an album on and you listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. um, both sides. And it's definitely, I think, you know, the Rolling Stones. You think of songs that are much more like party band kind of songs or yeah. you know even like gimme shelter it's very rock and roll and this song is it's different yeah you know but it's one that i love a lot yeah definitely. i told you it's my it's on it's on my it's on my funeral playlist yeah i got you i got you girl <laughs> i remember it written down it's in the binder in the binder in the binder we have digressed and gone on tangents a lot of this will be edited okay. out ed will be taken out but um you know you know, we, if you do, if you do, if you don't, you don't. It's fine. I mean, I if if you all are listening, you know, um, 
we're, we're open to um, corrections and omissions. Anything that you want to talk to us about? So I, I did want to share in some other Taylor Jenkins Reid news this week. Um, they did come out with who's going to direct um, her the next adaptation of hers that's coming out, which is um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo that's going to be out on Netflix. And they have released that um, Leslie, let's see, Leslie Hedlund um, is going to direct, which I'm not familiar with her completely, um, joins in. Leslie um, Hedlund um, directed um, Sleeping with Other People. Have you ever watched that movie with Jason Sudeikis and Alison yes. Brie? Mm-hmm. Not the greatest romantic comedy but there's some parts where you're like, Jason Sudeikis is super hot. So. I don't disagree with and that. And I love Allison Brie. So. Yes. So, yeah. So that's, so that's some other Taylor Jenkins Reid news coming up. And we will probably at some point in time. But we'll have to talk well. about that. Definitely. And um, we, I think we'll do, we'll have one more about Daisy Jones and the Six. We're going to do a little bit of, a little bit of music theory a little bit of stuff like that about um, the whole Aurora album, other songs that um, the other songs that are on that original music written for Daisy Jones and the Six, and we'll do that and um, talk about it, and it'll be fun. So, all right. So, don't forget you can find us on um, Instagram. Oh wait, what you're stopping? I think that's it. I'm excited. <laughs> Oh, that was excited. Okay. I, I missed that. Um, so you can find us on Instagram at nobody's muses. Um, you can find us wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe. Um, definitely reach out um, in the comments um, on YouTube where you can find us nobody's muses or you can Gmail or you can send us an email at nobody's muses at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, we're going to come back. Probably in two, well, we need to look at schedules because I have a vacation coming up, but we will come back with one more episode kind of diving into the Aurora album um, and and looking at some of the lyrics and the theories behind that. So until then. Bye. Bye. We'll see you soon. We'll close out with Let Your Love Flow. Let Your Love Flow.